So here we are in a scenario where we are, buyers are really hurting to buy property because inventory is stupid low. Sellers are more excited than they've ever been because they're selling properties at numbers that are astoundingly higher than are accurate with the market. And now we got to find a way to figure this thing out. So getting back to the article here, what happens in the home appraisal coming low, home, home housing wire gives a couple of options. Number one is offer to split the difference. And I love that. that that's so cute, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's so nice of you. Hey, you know what? It didn't work out. Why don't we meet you in the middle? And maybe in the past, we would have entertained that, you know, but today, no. See, you agreed to buy the property for two forty. So if I'm your seller, and I can make an extra fifteen thousand dollars on this deal, I'm absolutely going to make sure you come up with the difference, right? Number two is ask for seller concessions to make up for the increased price. That's the equivalent of telling the seller you got to take a hit, right? And that's just not going to work in a market as hot as this one is. You can forget about that one too, right? The final one is you could, they talk about closing the, you know, backing out of the deal or changing the closing date. None of that stuff's working right now. So what's being pushed instead is you have to do what's called an appraisal gap. In this scenario where the house came in at a 225 appraisal and the contract price is 240, the appraisal gap in this story is $15,000. Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I am your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum, broadcasting from our studios in downtown Denver, Colorado, with my executive producer, the guy that makes all this magic happen, Mr. Jonathan Winston. Hello, hello. How's it going? Oh, man, you know, it's... uh... It's going so I it's a good day, man. Like, are you British? I I don't know where that came from. That was that was just you know that just just that just emerged from me right when you swang the mic my way. So you know, uh, apologies if it was kind of weird, guys. But it's a good day. Let's get to the episode. <laughs> get to the episode. Hey, listen, uh, if you're new to the show, uh, welcome. First of all, we're so glad to have you. Uh, We are the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, where we specialize in discussing the mindset, methodology, and tools to be a successful foreclosure investor. Now, depending on where you are in life, right, you may be very new to real estate investing. Maybe you've never bought a house before. You know, we've looked at our demographic of listeners, and we really span the gap. We got a lot of people who are real estate agents, obviously real estate pros, some mortgage brokers listening out there. Thank you all for uh, continuing to tune in the show. And we have a lot of people who are buying their first home and are considering, we hope, buying a deal, not a house. See, that, that's the, uh, the tagline, the very motto, the essence of the foreclosure deals coach method is to buy a deal, not a house. Okay. So we, we, um, 
we, we are focused so much on that that one of the things that's happening right now in the marketplace was featured in an article that we published to our Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders group. So you can go check that out, check out the article, give us your opinion on it. But basically, Housing Wire explained out what is a home appraisal gap. Now, that's going to be the title show, basically, is appraisal gaps and what a bad idea they are for the market overall. But listen, if you're in a spot where you're buying your first house, you're going to hear that term a lot. If you're a veteran in the industry, this is kind of a new thing that's just come up where the appraisal gaps are taking over the marketplace. And we just want to get the message out there on why it is such a bad idea to buy a house with an appraisal gap in general, but particularly right now. So let's uh, let's get into it, uh, you know, start this thing off here. First of all, with a Housing Wire article, what is an appraisal gap, okay? So right out of the gate, it, it mentions that there's a couple of scenarios when you go under contract on a home. Number one, You've got to you've got to figure that the appraisal comes in at value. You know that would be the goal that you get an at value appraisal on the property. Now, when you buy a house, for those who don't know, the lender wants to appraise the property to make sure it is worth at least what you are paying for it. Okay, why? Well, if you think that they're doing this to help you, you've got another thing coming. Okay, these lenders. Bankers, money in general is usually interested in protecting itself. Don't knock it. Not a bad thing. It's just the reality of the situation that we're in right now. Okay. And in general, why would a guy lend you money on a property that he didn't believe was worth what he was trying to sell it for? Right. It doesn't make a ton of sense for the bank to expose themselves to an additional risk by lending more than the property is worth. That makes sense, right? So the appraisal comes in, it values the property at what they believe the property is going to be worth on the open market, and they want to know that should you foreclose on the property, and they end up having to sell the property on the open market. With me so far? So home appraisal comes into your full offer price, your lender approves your loan amount, no fuss, no muss, that's generally how things are going to work. That's the idea, okay? That's... Plan A. Now, plan B, and what has been happening a lot lately, is scenario two is home appraisals coming in drastically low. Now, why is that? Well, at this point, people are overbidding properties. All right. An example we've got is a property right here in the Caldwell Springs marketplace that we bought. We were planning on selling it for like 215, 220, but in this market, you can barely buy a parking lot for 215, 220. So it got bid way, way up to the purchase price of 240 because the buyers are super motivated to purchase properties, especially the lower price bracket when the average price point of a home in this market is about 350 to 375 right now. Okay. So a bunch of bids come in, a bunch of offers come in, pushes it up. When the appraisal came in, not too surprisingly here, okay, because when we listed it at 215 to where we plan on getting it, we knew there'd be a bit of a bidding war, but 220, maybe 225 was the expectation. Now, you should know, just a little reference point here, in addition to being a real estate agent for the past 17 years, I'm also a mortgage broker a licensed mortgage broker. I'm also a registered appraiser, meaning I took my appraisal license and I started down the hours required to become a full certified residential appraiser. Did not complete my hours, just full disclosure. But my point is I've got a basic understanding of how the appraisal market's supposed to work, okay? So we know when we're pricing our properties what they should sell for based on the appraised value. So this thing 
the offer, the accepted bid comes in drastically ahead of what we were expecting. We're not 240. We were expecting maybe 215 or 220, but we know the market's crazy right now. Logically, when the appraisal come in, it was exactly as expected. It came in about 225 to 230, which is what I feel the property is actually worth in this market. Okay. Well, now what? You've got a buyer who's agreed to pay 240 for the house, a seller, me in this case, excited to get 240 for this house. And an appraiser that's saying accurately, mind you, that the house is worth closer to 225 to 230. What next? Well, let me tell you what happened in the past as opposed to what's happening right now. See, in the past, that was a dead deal. Either the seller was going to have to amend their purchase price to go, come down to what the appraised value of the property was or is in this case, or we would just kill the deal and found the next buyer. That, that's the nature of the beast, but not in this market. You see, what has happened is there's an overwhelming amount of real estate agents in the marketplace today. Now, listen, I'm also a real estate agent, so we're not going to sit here and knock real estate agents, but there are arguably too many real estate agents, at least speaking for the Colorado Springs and Denver market, where you've got a population total in Colorado Springs of about 600,000 people, and you've got just over 5,000 licensed agents, which means... You can throw a rock right now and hit a real estate agent. Ow! Right? Because they're everywhere. They're walking the streets. They're among us now. Everybody and their mother, their cousin, their brother is going to real estate school. There are an overwhelming amount of real estate agents. Now, again, this is not anti-real estate agent, but just to say when the market gets as saturated as it is right now, the agents are now pushing the inventory to numbers that are not necessarily conducive to the market. Meaning, because these agents have to feed their families, because this is what they do for a living, right? Because of those two circumstances, the net result there is they're going to make, or at least seriously request, that their buyers go drastically ahead of the purchase price of the property in the interest of what? Well, getting their buyer a home, that's the primary interest. Secondary interest, let's call it what it is, is getting paid, Right? So here we are in a scenario where we are, buyers are really hurting to buy property because inventory is stupid low. Sellers are ex more excited than they've ever been because they're selling properties at numbers that are astoundingly higher than are accurate with the market. And now we got to find a way to figure this thing out. So getting back to the article here, what happens in the home appraisal coming low, home, home housing wire gives a couple of options. Number one is offer to split the difference. And I love that. that that's so cute, right? Uh -huh. I mean, it's so nice of you. Hey, you know what? It didn't work out. Why don't we meet you in the middle? And maybe in the past, we would have entertained that, you know, but today, no. See, you agreed to buy the property for 240. So if I'm your seller and I can make an extra $15,000 on this deal, I'm absolutely going to make sure you come up with the difference, right? Number two is ask for seller concessions to make up for the increased price. That's the equivalent of telling the seller you got to take a hit, right? And that's just not going to work in a market as hot as this one is. You can forget about that one too, right? The final one is you could, they talk about closing the, you know, backing out of the deal or changing the closing date. None of that stuff's working right now. So what's being pushed instead is you have to do what's called an appraisal gap. In this scenario where the house came in at a 225 appraisal and the contract price is 240, the appraisal gap in this story is $15,000.
Okay. And like I said, when I started in the past, we would have just let this go. You got to go buy a different house, Mr. Buyer. Sorry, it's not working out. Seller, you got to find a different buyer for the property. We got to start over. Okay. But in this market being pushed largely by the agent population, and please note, I'm not blaming the agent. I understand where the market is. And I understand that when the market's being pushed at the level that it is, if it's not your buyer getting the house, another buyer is going to get the house. So it is what it is. Okay, but we got to ask ourselves just because it's what the market is doing, is it the right thing to be doing if we are still keeping what we refer to as the fiduciary responsibility with our clients? Okay, and I will tell you that encouraging a buyer to overpay by $15,000 in this case is not only going against the idea of fiduciary responsibility, it is bordering on abuse, right? Pretty extreme though, right? And I, I, can, I can hear, I can feel the eyes rolling in, in the crowd right now. I can feel where you guys are at, but I, I mean it. I mean it. It is so tough to be a retail agent, but it is much tougher right now to be a retail buyer, okay? So what's happening now is the agent's going to the client and saying, hey, buyer, the appraisal came in at 225. We're under contract at 240. You've got to bring in a check for the remaining balance to fill what we're calling the appraisal gap. And because we focus here on don't buy a house, but buy a deal, this is the very antithesis of the foreclosure deals coach message. It's not only suggesting that you're not paying below market for property, which is what I encourage and preach and coach on, but that you actually pay more than the bank is acknowledging the property is worth as some kind of twisted way to make sure they get the house. Now, as if that wouldn't upset me enough, because it does, Okay. What really upsets me is a lot of agents are then purporting that based on the increase in the market today, based on the fact that the Colorado Springs market is going up by at least 6% a year, and one could argue 10 or even 12% a year right now, that is not necessarily a bad idea to overpay because the market's going to catch up. That is such horrible advice. I'm sorry. How can it catch up if you keep outpacing it like and keep uh, overbidding it and overpricing it? Thank you. And while we're on that subject, what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't catch up? Are we okay as an industry overall with advising our clients to go above asking price so they can outpace the market? And if something happens and what, what's something, I don't know, coronavirus. I don't know, stimulus packages running rampant, interest rates going up, unemployment rising. I could go on. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. It's important to have good credit when you're buying a foreclosure. A lot of people think you can come in with bad credit, but the fact of the matter is you need pretty stable credit scores to buy a foreclosure deal. So how do you find out how to increase your credit? Well, there's tons of credit repair agencies out there and multiple formulas. But one thing we found that works is reporting your monthly rental payments to the credit bureau. 
We partnered with RentReporters.com, the leading provider of adding your payment history direct from your landlord onto your credit bureau scores and it helping people to boost their scores up to 40 points in as little as 30 days. So to get started, I want you to head on out to www.foreclosuredealscoach.com. Now that's a messenger bot and you're going to use the keyword rent to get more information about rent reporters and how you can boost your credit score by getting your rental reported to the credit bureaus. Once again, Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. Check it out. If something happens, which is not an if, but rather a when something happens and housing prices cease to continue to go up at the pace that they're going up, are we going to be okay facing those exact same clients and saying, I'm sorry, Mr. Buyer, it turned out my crystal ball was broken and prices did not continue to go up to the stratosphere. Can we live with that? And the answer is obviously yes. Okay, I can tell you that we've completely forgotten about the 2008, 2010 crisis. Let's face it, it was 10 years ago. You know, we've forgotten what that looked like. We've forgotten about the subprime era. And I'm not talking about agents right now. I'm talking about the real estate industry overall. Okay, whether you're an investor, whether you're an agent, whether you're a home buyer, this, what we're talking about right now, is going to impact you in a major way in the relatively near future. We will look back on 2021 and the appraisal gap era and go, now, why the hell could we see that coming? I promise you that's going to happen. Okay. But while we're waiting for me to be right about that, (laughs) we have to be able to face ourselves to look in the mirror as an industry and go, are we doing right by our clients today by suggesting severely overpaying for property in order to keep up with the market pace that we predict is going to continue at this rate? How long do we think it's going to continue at this rate? Do we think we got another year of this? Another two years? Will we as an industry stop when we think the show is over or will the money just be too enticing? Are we not repeating the sins of 2008 and 2009 by overpricing properties? By allowing, Now, here's the thing. It, it, right now, you got to look at this. You know, That's Donnie, the foreclosure deals coach talking. Let's go visit with Donnie, the investor for a bit. Hey, Donnie, the investor, how you doing? I'm good, man. How do you like this appraisal gap thing? Gravy, baby. Gravy. Because at this point, if I can make 15 grand more in a property, you think I'm going to say no? A little hypocritical, right? Of course it is. Because I represent on the investor side every seller that's out there who is sure as hell not going to argue with you paying more than the price price for his property. Who's going to turn that away? Right? So I hear you right now. Well, if you're so much, you know, you're so much better than this, Donnie, why don't you stop doing it? Because we can't. I'm going to shoot straight with you. We have not, we list properties what we believe the properties are worth. And in a lot of cases, we're listing them below what we think they're worth. And then this crazy nut job market is bidding them to prices we could have never predicted. That's the life we're in right now. You know, and I'll be frank with you. I don't want it to stop anytime soon. I just know that it will. I also am only willing to participate it on the side of selling properties. So what do we do about this? You're looking for a solution. There is no solution. The natural thing is you have to, at some point, let the market cool down. People not over, over overbid 
for properties and let things settle off, inventory catch up, yada, yada. How long until that happens? I have no idea. Okay. I just know that as it sits now, if you're on the buyer side of this equation, if you are a member of the Foreclosure Deals Insiders Group, if you're part of this family, I want you to know that if your agent suggests overbidding for a property than paying an appraisal gap, I want you to put them on the phone with me so I can set them straight. Because my listeners, the people who work with me, my buyers are simply not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Okay, And as a result, shooting straight, we're doing a lot less buyers than we are normally doing on our team because it's very difficult to re- recommend buying a property that's going to get overbid. It's very tough. Maybe the solution, as crazy as it sounds, is to not buy a house right now. What? I know. Because we talk about don't buy a house, buy a deal. But if there are no deals then don't buy anything. Wait it out. The deals will come back. That's just a matter of time. Okay. But if you're in such a rush to buy a property that you're willing to severely overpay, you're not only part of the problem, you're causing a problem for yourself as well as the market overall. And I get it, y'all. You got to find a place to live. I totally get it. You moved to a new city. You started a new job. You got to find a place to live. Maybe the answer is to sit out on this market for just a little bit. And it's tough to advise that, okay? Because prices are going up so high that maybe you're going to get priced out of the market for now. And the other concern, which is super valid, is that interest rates have simply never been lower. You know, the Biden administration is pumping so much money into the economy right now. Another 10 billion just issued for mortgage bailout for people who are behind on their mortgage payments. And listen, I think it's a blessing. I really do. I think the private landlord who's going to suffer more than any single class as a result of the coronavirus by waiving eviction processes, making it so people didn't have to pay rent, et cetera, they're going to suffer more than anybody. The government should step in and help those people. They're, in this case, I'm not a big fan of government intervention, but this is one of those times where I agree. The private landlord should not have to suffer at the hands of people who are not who are told it was okay not to pay rent for several months. You know, so I support that. But on the flip side of that, the, the bailout money is just going to pump more money into this mortgage market that's already oversold. You're going to see more price raises for the next year or two. Interest rates continue to stay down as mortgage brokers are pumping money into the market, giving the buying power of people who should not be able to buy near the, the number of, that they're buying at, but they have to just to keep up with where things are right now. You know, it's the perfect storm in all sorts of ways. It's the perfect storm. But here's the thing about the storm. When it clears and we really see the damage that it caused, it may be too late to salvage this market. And I, listen, I have to tell you, I'm an, I was an agent, like I said, 17 years in the business. I've been doing this a very long time, okay? I love the real estate industry, but I'm fearful for us right now. I'm fearful that when this thing turns... People are going to look at the agent and go, this is your fault. I bought this damn house at well over the market. And that's not true. People are adults. They can make their own choices. They're not, you didn't hold a gun to their head and make them buy the house. But if they did it under your advisement, who do you think they're going to blame when this thing goes south? And where do you want to be 
when that day happens, right? Do you want to be one of the retail agents still looking for your next deal? People are going to throw tomatoes and stuff at you. Is that what they do? They still do like tomato throwings. Have you been to a tomato throwing or anything? Recently? Nah, I, I, last time I saw it was like old cabbage, but it's cabbage. The, uh, it was like a weird part of town. So I don't know if that's like widespread or not. <laughs> well, we know it's going to be vegetables, right? So yes, yes, vegetables for sure. Oh, vegetables at you of some kind. Mm-hmm. You're a real estate agent badge, right? So I still identify loosely as a real estate agent, just not as much as I used to. But those of you who still do, we need to be very wary about what's going to happen to our industry when they start blaming the independent agent for the inevitable crash that is coming down the pike here. Okay, and who's going to be there to pick up the pieces and comfort people during their time of need with stupid lowball offers to buy out their house? None other than our arch nemesis, Zillow. See, they are waiting. They are just patiently waiting for the agent to be blamed for the crisis that's upon us right at this moment. Listen, it's not a question if we're heading into a real estate recession. It's that we are in a real estate recession right now. These are the signs of the beginning of the recession. Okay, that is an honest to God fact. Right before the crash, there's this huge ramp up. Now, you're not seeing a depression in real estate prices. You're not seeing an increase in days on market. So the argument could be made that the market is operating as normal. It absolutely is not operating as normal. In 2008, we saw a very similar run up in the market just before the crash. Because the bankers who always have a little bit more information about what's going on in the money market than everybody else. Hmm. It pays to be a banker, right? It certainly does. (laughs) Very, very, very well to be a banker. Back then, the countrywide CEO was taking somewhere in the neighborhood of a $20 million annual bonus before Countrywide went bankrupt. He was flying around in a countrywide labeled private jet moments before all of their notes started to get called due and they couldn't fulfill their obligations. So this great time that you're seeing is literally the calm before the storm. So let's get to the point. The point is, listen, don't, don't buy a house, buy a deal. You know, and if you learn anything from this show, if we teach anything out there in the society, don't buy a house by a deal. If you're an agent, don't sell houses, sell your clients deals. Now, here's how you know it's a deal. It's priced at or below market right now. Actually, at market could be considered a deal, right? To bridge the gap, we are working with agents right now that we define the market price of the property before we start the rehab work. And then we sell it to them at market price. Why? Provide some kind of customer service? Are you kidding me? No. Because if you're willing to see past the problems that the property has now before we've done the cosmetic rehab that we were going to do anyway, then we would rather work with a buyer who can see that vision, buy the house as is, and then let us fix it up for them to their specs. And now you're not going to be in a bidding war. You're not going to be dealing with appraisal gaps. You're going to be in exactly what the property should have sold for to begin with. But in the end, you have to be able to see the deal, not the house. And that's tough for a lot of people. 
If you're a listener to this show, I believe you've already got it. But if you're just kind of getting started in the marketplace, you're going to walk into houses that don't like, this is not the most gorgeous property you've ever walked into. That's the idea. That's the idea is to not be the most gorgeous property you've ever walked into. Buy a house that requires some fix-up work. Do what we commonly refer to as sweat equity, which is one of the best shows we ever did on the show by listenership. Um, sweat equity, the ultimate part of the American dream. Fix the house up yourself and then sell it ideally at a profit down the road, not taking a loss. Warren Buffett, the famous investor, said rule number one in investing is don't lose money. Rule number two, refer to rule number one. And it's never been more true than it is right now. So guys, let's avoid appraisal gaps. If it's where you're at right now and we're in Colorado Springs market, there's a pretty good shot that without appraisal gap, you may not be buying a house right now. Okay, I'll be frank with you. Taking some buyers out of the market, some agents out of the market would actually be a good thing for the market overall. So sit this one out. Do yourself a favor. Rent for a year. Okay, do what you've got to do because I'm telling you that you're going to overpay. Now, if you can find a deal, if you can look at the HUD foreclosure list, find something that needs some work, and you can see yourself doing that work, that's the way to do it. That's the way to build some sweat equity, but there simply aren't any. And in certain markets, I believe there simply aren't any. But know this, in every market, there's something priced below market. That's the very definition of having a market, right? You have got to start seeing the forest from the trees here, okay? Because we, we got to turn this thing around. Otherwise, we are barreling towards an absolute disaster. I hope you get it. I hope you'll join in with us. If you want to talk more about the appraisal gap thing, if you're dealing with an appraisal gap situation, please join us at the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group. We would love to chat with you, become part of the family. And listen, if you're going to buy a deal in whatever marketplace that you happen to be in, we don't call the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast for nothing. You know, national-based coaching where we can help you to find a deal right there in your local market, tell you how to fund it, tell you how to fix it, but tell you how to flip it at a profit, not a loss. That's what our coaching products are all about. And I tell you, just the, the conversation is worth what you're going to overpay in this market right now. I can tell you that for certain. We can help you avoid that. With that, we're going to wrap up on that. I am Donnie Corum. Your Foreclosure Deals Coach, thanking you so much for tuning in again and again to the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast and reminding you now and always, don't buy a house. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more of the mindset, methodology, and tools you'll need to invest in foreclosures. Visit foreclosuredealscoach.com and text DEAL to get a list of foreclosures in your area.